we sang how yesterday I went and visited Norman Loretta and Norm and I were telling each other stories. <laughs> so this this old old story is, is much different. It's it's a story that's correct and true and powerful and unchangeable. And it's good to hear it often, as the song says. Shall we open our service in a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another beautiful, crisp morning and day. And we thank thee for that opportunity to gather around thy will, or thy word. And we thank thee for that will that has been given to us, that that we would have a desire to do this. And that we don't gather just for to see our friends and relatives and neighbors. But we gather to hear that old, old story. That, that old story that never grows old. It gives us hope of eternal life. It gives us hope when, when things in this world are seemingly going downhill. And the scriptures tell us to look up at these times and in these times and look up into the face of Jesus, the songwriter says. We thank thee for these things. We ask thee to watch over our leaders, watch over the nations, watch over Israel in this time of of terrible trouble. Watch over our local communities, our schools, our churches, our homes. Anyone that is any kind in any kind of a leadership position, give them give them understanding of depth of knowledge of where we are and what we are to do in each situation, whether we be parents or grandparents or teachers or whatever it might be position we have in life. We need we need wisdom from above. We ask for these things. We ask to be with and comfort those that have had these accidents lately and hurting. Strengthen them and heal them and give them that hope that even though they're hurting today, that tomorrow will be a better day. Be with our speaking brother this morning. Give him understanding and depth of understanding and give each of us listeners the same, that we may garner understanding and wisdom from this eternal word. Hear us now as we pray together that most perfect prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Shall we continue with 419?
morning with greetings of grace and mercy and peace from God our Heavenly Father through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. George has already mentioned in his prayer, asked for prayers for me and I would repeat that. I um, feel like sometimes I almost mention it too much but Sometimes texts come in various ways, and this morning it it seems quite different. And I I guess I pray and I ask your prayers that I would be able to make sense of all that. It seems like there's too much, and I might spend more time reading. There seems to be a lot of scriptures that tied in, and I don't know. I pray that we're able to make it so it's understandable and not just my thoughts in my head. I will read a portion in the 8th chapter of Matthew. I'll read the 18th. Sorry. I am looking to the wrong spot here. In the 9th chapter. Um from the 35th verse through the 38th, reading in Jesus' name. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. This is a portion of scripture that I'm sure that we hear, and I know 
been at foreign mission meetings and this was looked at. And if Jesus said it back then, I'm sure it's even more so now. Jesus in another place talking about how things were. And he talks about what they were doing and, and it was going to kill him. That if they do this in a green tr- tree, what will they do in a dry? And to me, it feels like we are in a time where it is quite dry. And perhaps that's just my feeling. But it, I know in, in the beginning of Samuel... When his parents are waiting for his mother and that is waiting for wondering why she's not having a child and then we know that Samuel is born and that he was a powerful prophet. But it says this at the beginning of the third chapter. It says, And this child Samuel um, ministered before the Lord and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And I think that at all times, the word of the Lord is precious. But in the world where we live, it seems that we should find it very precious. Because it is something that is speaking of matters that are beyond this life. And no matter what the trials of this life are, we have the blessing as Christians to look beyond it. And when we were talking about Christ and and the Word of God, which is one and the same, we are speaking of matters of eternity. There's a portion that I'll read in in Timothy in the second second book of Timothy, third chapter, and It speaks about the end times. And I hate to dwell on it. And I don't think that we need to read in the Bible to be aware that the things in the world aren't very good. And man's ideas that are contrary to God and that get to the point of, in my view, ridiculous are rampant. And yet I think it is good that we read these things, not that it necessarily makes us more aware of them, but it can make us aware that God knew this beforehand. And this happening isn't something that's a surprise to him. It may be, it shouldn't be a surprise to us. It can be, perhaps, I find it disheartening at times, But even that it shouldn't be. It should maybe cause us, I say, to pause and think about those ones. I'll read this. It says, This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. So we see there, it is, it is laid out for us, the problems that are going to be in the world. And yet at the end we see that it's going to come to naught. That God will have... Sorry... Someone stopped and was walking in, but they're just maybe going to run some cows by. So they're shutting the gate. Sorry, but it just caught my eye. And as Christians, we are aware of these things. We read them here. We read them. I know there's people who say that they, um, it almost gives them fear to read the happenings in Revelations. And it can cause our natural flesh fear, but we understand that God is in charge. But in our text there, Jesus tells us that we're to pray that God would send forth labors because there are souls who are seeking. And yes, I believe that even those that come up with all these far-fetched ideas and things that are so contrary to God, they are seeking something, many of them, to fill that void that there is in mankind that can only be filled by Christ. And yes, the context of this and end is often speaking of people, say, going on mission work or standing in this position. But the truth of the matter is, is that is a very, very small portion of, if I say, God spreading of his word. And I believe that all of us are laborers in that field. And it isn't necessary that all of us would be motivated to go out and be evangelists or speak or preach. But that we could just remember that when this world seems so dark, as we say, that the light of God's word would be so small because there is so much evil and darkness out there. That just living a simple life by faith in Christ is noticeable. People see it. And at times, I'm sure all of us, we have those moments where we feel like it's almost overwhelming the evil that there is going on in the world around us. And there's even a place in, in Revelations there where it speaks of the devil casting out a flood that he would wash away the church. And I believe it is partially what is happening. There is so much 
of that doctrine that comes from him that it seems like it would just wash away Christianity. But the word tells us that doesn't happen. That God protects his church. And I believe that he uses us that if there is a soul that is seeking that they would see that little light and have the strength to come to it. There's a portion and it's in Ezekiel and I have read it and, and it, it, I find it very sobering for myself and I would pray that I guess I would not find myself in this position where it's the, the beginning is the 34th chapter of Ezekiel and the beginning of it there's little titles in my Bible and it says prophecy against Israel's shepherds and it says these words and it says and the word of the Lord came unto me saying son of man prophesy against the shepherds of Israel prophesy and say unto them thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flocks Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe ye with the wool, and ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which is sick, neither have ye bound up that which is broken, neither have ye brought that again which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they were scattered, because there was no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field. Because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search and my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the river and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel and and shall their fold be there? Shall they lie in good fold and in fat pasture? Shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel? I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. And it, and it goes on with much of those things. And as I say, as being one who speaks, I find this very sobering. But I guess in reading that portion in Matthew there where it says 
that he saw the multitude and was moved with compassion to them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. As we see these things going on in the world, and we can be sure that there are those who are seeking, and there are those who have been, if I say, driven away, and and they have not been cared for. And I would pray that each of us would, Jesus says in one place, and, and that says, I came not to save the righteous, but the sinners. And as Christians, we know and we recognize that we are all sinners. And it doesn't matter how righteous someone thinks they are. We are all still sinners. And the only righteousness that is of any value is the righteousness that we have through Christ Jesus. And I was talking to someone this morning, they were mentioning someone they knew, and, and this person, they had grown up exposed to Christianity, grew up in a church, but it sounds like how their, the teaching was, was it was very works-orientated. And that's how they had lived their life. They said they hadn't done this, and they had done this stuff, and they had taken care of their kids and, and all these things had went wrong and now they're kind of rebelling and, and saying like how why on earth would I look to God I did all these things right and still bad happened to me and I think that we need to know those things that it isn't in our ability to do what is good and do what is right and not that we would ever discourage someone from doing what is good and right But that's not where our salvation is. Thanks be to God that's not where our salvation is. We have Christ. Paul in Philippians, he lays out in the one spot here, if I can turn to it. Says, Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. So there Paul lays it out. He says, if you think that you can do good and right, and your works are good enough to merit salvation, they don't compare to what I have. And it's amazing to me that he can in one place say that according to the law blameless we read that law and to have that thought that you could walk that way even blameless by the letter of the law it's hard for me to believe and yet he felt that and yet he was brought to the place of realizing that those things were of no value 
And that he could know Christ was so much more important. And so it doesn't matter if someone lives a good and moral life when it comes to salvation. Yes, it is a blessing for for them and there is blessing for those around them. And we see, I think if we look around the world, countries that just, even if they don't profess to be Christian, if the basic morals of the land are upright and moral if I <laughs> there's blessings there but we look to matters that are deeper and more important and I read these things and it says that they, the sheep are scattered and Jesus recognized that as that in Matthew that it is people that are scattered and they are looking for someone to lead them And God promises there in Ezekiel that he will. And I think that he says here that we would pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labors in the harvest. That yes, it would be good that we do that. That there would be that prayer in our hearts and in our minds that God would send forth labors. Because as dark as the world is, there are souls who are seeking him. And there are perhaps some that do not even realize at this point that they are seeking him. But God knows. But it isn't necessarily that we need to do anything except just live our lives as a Christian. And as it says in, I don't remember if it's Peter or Timothy, that one portion where it says that we would be quick to share with others of the hope that lieth within if they ask. If we walk as a Christian, if we walk by faith, there's going to be things that are obvious to the world around us, that there's different priorities in our life. That things that are important to people that live just in this life and for this life, that we don't find that important. And it is going to cause questions. And at times it will cause people to be upset. It promises in more places than we would like probably that if we walk as Christians and righteous because of Christ we're going to face persecution and not necessarily persecution where they're going to burn us at the stake or kill us but people don't like it it's how it is I believe it's in where is it? It's maybe in Ezekiel there, just before where I read. Yeah, this is God saying, it says, Also thou son of man, the children of thy people 
still are talking against thee by the walls and by the doors of the houses and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is it, the word that cometh forth of the Lord. And they come unto thee as people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but with their heart goes after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this shall come to pass, and lo, it will come, then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. There's another place, I believe it's to Ezekiel 2, that God tells him he's going to send him to speak to the children of Israel, and they're not going to listen. And God promises them that he will make him, if you say hard, that he will be able to face all the criticism that he faces. And unfortunately, that may how it be how it is at times. And it may be, as I said, even before, maybe for no greater reason than you're trying to walk as a Christian. You're trying to do what God would want. We're trying to walk by the leading of the Spirit. It doesn't promise anywhere in the Bible that that's going to make our path smooth and wonderful. It can cause trials. But it is still how we are encouraged to walk. And it isn't that we have to be great theologians. I don't believe that we have to spend years going to school to learn how to spread that message. Jesus tells them at the end of each of the Gospels that we are to preach repentance and remission of sins. And I know there's people who have come into faith, and I know for myself, even sitting sometimes in services, someone will stand in this position and simply share what Christ has done for them. It's a powerful message. Because it is what we know. It's what we have experienced. And when it says, asking God that he would send forth laborers, I believe that it is speaking to each of us and just asking that we would walk as Christians. says in the if I can find it here okay turn to it it's in the um, sermon on the mount it says ye are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid neither do man light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick 
and it giveth light unto all that are in the world. Let your life's light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And right there we see part of the problem, because our human nature wants to take some of that glory for itself when we do something good. But it says that they would see the good works and glorify God. And it doesn't say, be the light of the world. It just says, you are the light of the world. And as Christians, we are. And we simply have to share that gospel message. And it's a message that is true. And I think for ourselves... Well, this thought came to me, maybe I've even mentioned it from here before. Human nature has not changed from Adam and Eve till now. And it won't change till the end of time. Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. And God gave them, if I say one rule. We have the Ten Commandments and we can go through that Mosaic Law and there's... All kinds of things that are laid out to do. And we can read in the New Testament. And it doesn't necessarily lay them out as a bunch of rules we follow. But it shows and speaks of how the Spirit of God would move a heart. So that there is agreement when we read this Word of God and see that, yes, that Spirit in me agrees with this Word is how I should walk. So we have all those things. They had one and they couldn't do it. What hope do we have? If we think that we're going to walk and fulfill the law and do all the things that are necessary, we're delusional if we think we can do that. God knew that. And it isn't that he was trying to make us that we were hopeless cases. He was laying those things out so we could recognize that he loved us so much that he provided Christ who came and fulfilled all those things and lived perfect, was judged completely righteous and holy, took my sin, but even death and hell couldn't hold him because he was perfect. And then says, my righteousness can be yours. It can be all of ours. And we can take that and stand before God, not on our merits, but on the merits of the one who was able to walk perfectly. And if there is someone in this world who is in the place of those that are mentioned there in Ezekiel, that they have been driven out and they are diseased and no one's taken care of them and they are lost. And they are struggling. What a message of hope to a hurting heart. How 
Good is that water of life to someone who is thirsting because it is so dry in this world if we are trying to do it on our own. That there is one who has done it. And we simply have to believe in what he has done. And the sin that we are, and that we recognize we are, and the failings and doubts, they can be forgiven because of the power that is there in the name and blood of Christ. And God will give you faith. It isn't that we have to produce and come up with this faith on our own. Return to God, and He says, Faith cometh by hearing. We can listen. We can listen to that Word of God. We can share with one another. We can share with those who don't believe, even. God can use those seeds to grow and produce life and faith in any heart. There isn't even limits in this Word of who. We can share it with. And yes, it is very good and appropriate and right. And a blessing that we can come even this morning and and on Sunday mornings. It becomes, we say, a tradition. But let it not be just a tradition. Let it be something that we would use to feed that undying portion and to encourage each other. But let our Christian walk be much more than Sunday morning. And let us be aware that there are those who are watching our walk, whether we know it or not. And I'm sure that any of us who have walked as Christians for any length of time can testify that there have been things happen in our life where for whatever reason, it's been revealed to us that someone was watching how we live. And it can be a little bit disconcerting, or I find it that way sometimes. It's like, oh my goodness, that someone would be watching my life and thinking that there is something there. But amazingly, We see the power of our God that in spite of what we are, he can shine forth in times. It's maybe a miracle. And yet it is how it is. And even, I mean, if there's ones who come into faith, there's a point where There's a change of living a life without the Spirit of God to living with the Spirit of God. But even those of us who have had the blessing of being Christians all our life. And if we come, as we all do, to a place where we've failed, where we've fallen into sin, and we've had to go and seek forgiveness... And we've been assured that those things are forgiven. And the Spirit has brought that peace to our heart. We know 
the freedom that is in that. And to think that there is a world full of people who don't know that. And what a wonderful message we have. And what a blessing it could be if people would hear it. And I don't know why it came to me this morning, but there's all those places that tell, and they, the Bible tells us that things are going to get very troublesome in the end times. And that there are going to be those who have no time for the Word of God, but there are still those that are seeking. They're seeking, some of them, just something, and they don't know what. And we as Christians... Let us be willing, if God decides to use us as his laborers, even if it's just living a simple Christian life. It isn't required that we all become missionaries and great evangelists. God can use us. We read that story where Jesus the first beginning of the Gospel of John, he comes to the woman of Samaria who's getting water and, and he shares the message with her. And it obviously touches her heart and she goes and speaks to the people of the city. And she simply tells them what Christ had done for her, what he told her. And they come out and listen. And it says they believed. And they said, well, we believe him not just because of your words, but because of what he has said to us. And they asked him to stay there and, and this is my terminology, obviously, continue for a few days and have services. When there is heart seeking, God will provide. And let us simply be willing servants. And it isn't we know when Jesus sends them forth, he says, wait until you be endued with power from on high and begin at Jerusalem. If God wants us to share the message with someone, he will prepare us and he will give us his spirit to give us power and strength to do it. He doesn't send people forth unprepared. We we always feel unprepared, I'm sure. But we are, if it is the will of God. There was a portion that I actually heard this morning when I came down here. There happened to be a, a sermon that I caught a little bit of that was very good. And I'll just finish with this because I think it is very good portion that I hope all of us could relate to and it's found in Second Chronicles in the 32nd chapter and just a little bit of background it's King Hezekiah and we know that he was one of the good kings his father wasn't but he was a king who looked to God and I don't know this but the man this morning said that he was only 25 years old when this this occurred 
And he hadn't been king that long. And Assyria was going to attack them and destroy them. And Hezekiah turned to God. And not only did he turn to God, but he did some, it tells some natural things that he strengthened the army. He strengthened the defenses of um, Jerusalem. But the most important thing is he turned to God. And it says then, this is the 32nd chapter of Second Chronicles. It says, and he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake comfortably unto them, saying, this is King Hezekiah speaking, be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there is more with us than with him. And I believe that is true for us today. We can look at, here it's the king of Assyria and all that are with him, but it is all the devil and the world and even our own flesh that is against us. And it can look overwhelming. But he said, there is more with us than with them. It says, with him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. We don't have to do it on our own strength. We have God to help us. And he is the one I read not that long ago about Jehoshaphat. And the one man says, stand and be still and let God fight. That isn't what it says, but that's the gist of it. And here it's the same thing. And this I hope that we can be just as these people here. I'll read this eighth verse again. And, then. and with him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves in the words of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. That when we hear this word of God, that we could rest in it. That we could find peace there. We can look at all the troubles going on. All the evil that seems so rampant in the world. And it can seem, to me at least, almost like it could be overwhelming. But let us remember that God is with us. He has not only fighting the battle, he has won the battle. We know that at this point in history. The battle is won. And let us rest in the peace of God. Rest in his word. Rest in that faith in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we humble our hearts and receive the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Shall we close with 329? Sorry? Oh, sorry. Dyslexic, I guess. And is anyone able to have Bible study on Thursday evening?
you think? Alice stuck her hand up, so. <laughs> okay. So Bible study will be at Bridget Demons Thursday evening at 7 p.m. 392. <laughs> Thank you.